Hi, I'm Jillian Swinford. And I'm Haley Brolison. And this is Mother Nature Will Kill You. A podcast about the most horrific tragedies. And the most triumphant survival stories that the wilderness can provide. So grab your backpack. And maybe a bottle of wine. And let's go on a wild ride into the unknown. Walking down this road I go. But I am going alone. Running far, far from home. Till I am skin and bone. I don't want to die. But I'll have to try. I don't want to die. But I'm on my Or good afternoon, whatever good. time of day it is. Good evening, whatever. <laughs> it's it's been a, a a week for me since we last talked. Um, yes, I've gotten uh, sick. Maybe a sinus infection, maybe a cold. I don't think it's COVID. I'm just. I think I got bad allergies, and um, it just kind of turned into something else because we had another front go through. It's like. 59 degrees outside that's nice though i'm jealous Mm -hmm. um what about you what's been going on with you uh not a whole lot just working my ass off pretty much 24 7 uh having an average of two mental breakdowns a month so that's fun that's uh that's (laughs) yeah so that's where i'm at you Mm -hmm. know just you know Living paycheck to paycheck, working my ass off, getting nowhere in life. It's fun. <laughs> Hashtag the millennial experience. <laughs> I know. So fucking stupid. I just, and it's annoying because it's like some of the shit for work I pay for out of pocket and then I'll get reimbursed. But it's like, guys, mm-hmm. I don't make enough money to pay for this out of pocket and then I wait know. to get reimbursed. Like, like, I need you to pay me right now. <laughs> like, yeah. gas, like to fill up my my whole gas tank it's like 80 dollars mm-hmm. you know and i'm like driving all up and down the keys and it's like i need you guys to give me some money like up front for this shit because and then yeah. like there's paid parking in a lot of the places too so it's like just for work i'm like you know spending about 100 dollars plus just yeah. for a fucking work event how long so, does it take them to yeah. like pay you back for that because it takes us a long time to get paid back yeah it's like two weeks I'd say two or three mm. weeks. So, yeah, it definitely is like it's a lot. And then groceries yeah. are fucking expensive. Like mm-hmm. everything is just so expensive. It is. Sorry, I'm like on a I'm on a financial rant this morning because I just looked at my bank account. <laughs> and I was like, fuck. <laughs> never make that mistake. I'm just avoiding doing yeah. that today because we went to the rent fair yesterday, and I forgot like. I knew like the food and stuff was expensive, but it's like they squeeze money out of every single little thing they can, which I'm like, good for yeah. y'all for, I don't know, making a living, basically glor- doing glorified LARPing. But um, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Uh, Corey had never been to one. He wanted to go. And they do at the Houston one, they do 
um, you can forge your own knife. I saw his Facebook status. Yeah. He forged his own knife. And then um, what else did he say? I I forget what else he said, but I remember him saying that he forged his own knife. Yeah. My favorite part was we went to this mead bar and just like there was was. he said you get like a lot of mead (laughs) yeah you could like sit down you could like order mead by the bottle and um we were like on the outside porch part of it and they were having like barbarian scream off or like war cry (laughs) and they gave us like um score cards that we could like hold up yeah so, so we got to like sit there and judge everybody just because we were like paying customers. <laughs> I love that. So you're like, you're drinking your mead and then you're just like, oh, yeah, this marker's not, this marker's dead. I'm trying to get a marker out. And then you're like, yes. Because like, <laughs> <She, she literally, laughs> y'all can't see Haley like wrote on some post-it notes that she can hold up. <laughs> She's going to do it again. This is the third one. A negative two. Yeah. Yeah. So there was one guy who like jokingly, like his war cry was to yell at his wife to get him a beer. Boo. Exactly. So there was one that just said no on it. (laughs) Does not pass the vibe check. (laughs) It's like misogyny will always be a one. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh, have you seen those videos on TikTok or Instagram of it's it's at the Iowa State Fair and they do these types of like uh yelling contests and like one of them is like yelling for your husband. Yeah. And yeah, and yeah. then the other one is like a chicken call contest. Mm-hmm. I literally have tears in my eyes every time I watch one of those videos. Yeah. yeah. And I've never been to the Iowa State Fair, but you know, Alex is from Iowa and like his family goes to the Iowa State Fair. So I'm like, we need to go. To- I was like, I yes. need to see this in person. Like I yes. need to see the husband calling contest. <laughs> yes. That's giving very much the like in Finland, they have a wife carrying contest. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's I guess started in Finland and then it's spread throughout, but they're literally like carrying their wives on their backs through an obstacle course yeah and it seems like the easiest hold is where like she's upside down and her legs are like over his shoulders and she's like crisscrosses her legs around his neck yeah and i'm like that would be very uncomfortable yeah all the blood would rush to my head i would get dizzy real quick we'd have a nutty putty (laughs) cave oh my god like (laughs) honestly ever since you told me that story that is like the first thing that I think of when I start getting like the blood rush to my head yeah like oh my god it's like and you just sit there and you're like what if like this yeah 27 hours yeah I yes it's made me very much more empathetic to that situation because I I could never like Mm -hmm. when I was a kid I couldn't even like you know when you're a kid and like you're playing on the couch and like you'll like lay your feet on the seat and then like you know put your head on the ground so you're kind of like upside down like I couldn't even do that as Mm -hmm. a kid like I would get just lightheaded and dizzy real quick doing that Mm -hmm. yeah I mean as somebody with pots I think I'd be (laughs) yeah you you know you know how that is (laughs) I'd be like dead within like hour five I'd be done for yeah because oh my golly no no well, um, we have we got a new listener. 
within the last two weeks, I'd yeah. say. Yeah, one of uh, Alex's friends listened to our podcast. She told me last weekend she listened to the uh, the Everest story. Mm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we when our audio to... was horrific. It probably, yeah. <laughs> but uh, thanks for sticking through with that, Anna. That was nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was like, Jillian's going to be at the wedding. She's a bridesmaid. So if you want to know any more about cool stories, yeah, I'll freaking... you can talk her ear off, you know? Yeah, I guess that's like a symptom of like, um, it's like hyperfixation ADHD or something like that, where you just like word bomb at somebody, like your like yeah. niche, niche interest. And I'm like, hmm, hmm. Yeah. Now I have you. Yeah. You're stuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. I made it official that I when do I, this every two weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. I love it. When um, whenever I'm I'm awkward in a conversation, which is most of the time, or like mm-hmm. nervous, or just like don't know how to carry it on, I just end up word vomiting all the mm-hmm. time. Like I'll mm-hmm. just start rambling off. Like we were at Alex's lieutenant's, um, uh, like get together. A couple weeks ago or maybe it was last weekend I don't know everything just seems like it's mushing together now but um hit one of his former co-workers asked me how wedding planning was going and I just like emotionally dumped uh. on her I was like I'm so sorry that is a long way of me saying that wedding planning is going well but thank you for asking <laughs> I was like work is insane I'm planning a whole festival by myself and then the yep. last thing I want to do is plan more things by myself so like it's going but mm-hmm. like you know it still needs to be done like you know I was just kind of rambling off and I was like but yeah that's a long way of me saying that it's going well I guess yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh I'm like oh man I feel so bad because everybody hates when somebody rambles to them like that I feel like you know and then like you catch yourself doing it and you're like ah yep. I, I, I'm doing that right now yep <laughs> and the only people I can like be cool with that about is this because it's structured yeah. and we're doing it on purpose and then with Corey, I, I literally told, because I've been researching this story for the past week or so. And so I was like, no, wait, I have to finish talking to you about this. Because he was trying to move on. Yeah, he's like, topic, anyway, like, yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> you are a captive audience in this vehicle. I'm going to finish my rant. Thank yes. You. I know well, you, have you zero interest in this. Yeah. I, I think we got on topic because I was telling her how I've been having stress dreams like literally every day of the week like mm. every night is a stress dream and so like one night I had a stress dream that like you know we were at my wedding and like I was there and like all of the bridesmaids didn't have the right color on they didn't have like the <laughs> right length on and like I turned to my mom and I was like these motherfuckers like they did not <laughs> Like, I was like, they didn't do what I wanted them to do. It's like, I know? showed up in a chartreuse mini dress. <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like everybody was like in green colored short mini like style dresses. And then like the groom's party comes in late. And so then everybody's trying to shield me so they don't see the bride because I'm already like in the aisle. Like, it was like, this whole mess. <laughs> And I like woke up and I was like, wow, what a stress dream that was. Like, mm-hmm. clearly I have a lot on my mind about the wedding. Well, um, at least we coordinated not being correct. 
Yes, exactly. I know. I was like, at least I'm honestly like, I wasn't even really all that mad about it. I was like, man, that really fucking bums me out that like they're not in the color I wanted, but whatever. At least they still look nice. Like, they match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like, but yeah, so I was like telling Sarah about that. And, um, and I was like, you know, that I'm like, I'm just really worried that like, you know, they're not going to get their dresses in time because like, I don't even know when that freaking date is. And I haven't had time to look into that, you know? And I was just like, you know, I was like, mm-hmm. I just, I, I was like, I have too much on my mind to stay on top of that for other people. So like, I'm really hoping that like, you know, they, they can stay on top of it. And Sarah was like, oh, you just leave that to me. Like I'll, I'll, I'll send a note. Cause like, I found out that it's like this date or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, thank you. I was like, that's super yes. helpful. <laughs> well, I'm here to say that the message is received. Good. Nice. Received. Awesome. But yeah, I have been having stress dreams. So that's how, yeah, very in the brain is not well for Haley. But some of that will get unloaded after December 3rd, which is when that fucking festival will be over. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, let's distract you from all of that with, Mm -hmm. I want to say this is probably the girliest topic we've ever covered because I feel like. There are so many Titanic girlies. Yes. Like, when all of the things came out about, like, um... Ocean Gate? No, not Ocean Gate. We will <laughs> talk about Ocean Gate. But, um, like, when they were joking, like, oh, yeah, like, men think about the Roman Empire at least, like, once a week Oh, like, this is our Roman Empire? And, like, yes. everyone was like, oh, the Titanic was the Roman Empire for girls. And I'm like, it absolutely was. Mm-hmm. Because... And I'm not a Titanic girl. I do not think about the Titanic hardly ever. Me neither. Personally. I'm just like, it's down there. It happened. Whatever. Like I said, before this week, I had never seen the movie in full. <laughs> so. And now you have. And now you know now why I, I think the ending is fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I, <laughs> I would agree with that. I, I will say, here's my overall review of the movie. I get why everybody was obsessed with the Jack and Rose romance. As a 31-year-old adult, however, it felt like the romance felt silly, very Romeo and Juliet. Yes. And like, you've known this guy for like, what, three days? And Mm -hmm. you're like, already like, I will die for you. Yeah. Kind of thing. Um, It's very like quick, fast, young love. Yes. Like, daddy, I'm in love with him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You met him like yesterday. <laughs> he was literally yesterday. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's that. But I do think that James Cameron did a really good job of displaying how like actually horrific this whole shit really was. Yes. Like it's fucked up. Yeah. It's a really fucked up story. Yes. And so I remember when I was a kid when this movie came out all of my friends were obsessed with it and wanted to go see it. And I was still kind of afraid of going to movies because it, they like really freaked me out. Mm-hmm. And I saw the commercial for it and I was like, no fucking way I'm going to that. <laughs> like there's everyone dies. Why would you want to watch that? Yes. But I just remember being in the basement with my friend and they were playing the Titanic soundtrack. I swear to God on repeat and like, being like Jack and Rose on the on the door and like doing that whole thing. And I was like, yes. those are so weird. Why? 
have you seen like all of the TikToks about like people literally getting a door and like mm-hmm. putting bodies on it and like doing experiments to see if two people could have fit on the door? Yeah. And like the yeah. consensus is that two people could have fit on that door. Yes. And I have a lot to say about that because they actually did. And it's not a door. Fun fact. Oh, it's like just like a large piece of wood. It's like paneling. They actually like I saw this. Uh, I don't know if this is a TikTok video, but they show in the real ship where that paneling was modeled from. It's like oh. an archway over oh. wood paneling on an archway. Oh, so it's like a a wall feature, mm-hmm. more or less. Yep. Huh. Yep. It just happens to be the size of a door. It it kind of does look like a door. Yeah. The more you know. Yeah, but like James Cameron, he was very detailed with with the movie and it's because he basically used the movie as an excuse to go explore the titanic for real yeah literally like that's that's why the movie exists so that james cameron could like have a reason to like go dive down there to get real footage of it yeah that's crazy cool that he could do it but like crazy that he could do it too you know yeah james cameron is the ultimate titanic girly he he will reign yes um he's dedicated a lot of time effort and money to to that story but anyway Mm -hmm. so you weren't a titanic girly either no i wasn't like i saw it and i was like oh like that's a cool movie and then like the ending where she throws the necklace into the water you know my thoughts on that i think it's (laughs) the most ridiculous scene probably Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it's it's very much like a and then just is like there it goes she's like Oopsie. <laughs> and like, the, like I don't know I feel like if she didn't yelp in the way that she did it <laughs> would have been better I think it's the, the yelp is really what bothers me mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. that was just I don't know anyway so yes. yeah I'm not a I'm not a titanic girly like I actually though like when it comes up on tiktok or like if I'm randomly thinking about it like I'll kind of go down a rabbit hole to like get some story you know what my roman empire my roman empire is actually hmm. my roman empire is about the three guys that escaped alcatraz that's Ooh, my roman empire like, I, like anytime i see like a documentary about those three or like alcatraz like escapees mm-hmm. or like that's that's my bread and butter like i put went on facebook this morning and there was like an article about how um maybe one of them had survived because like in 2018 there was this letter that the fbi received from yeah. him on the kind of thing and i was like oh let me read this like yes that's so, great um, but yeah but whenever i'm thinking about like titanic stuff like i'll look into it and i have seen somewhere i don't know if i read this or if it was like a tiktok or something but i've seen somewhere where like there was two sister ships that looked identical yes. like the ti- there was a titanic and then there was a different ship and i forget mm-hmm. what she was called but like the theory is that the titanic was actually the one that was docked mm-hmm. and the sister ship is the one that went out yeah so, and there's like, like something a- wrong with it and that's why yeah. it's saying get all of jp morgan's competitors were on board yada 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 yeah like and i definitely died yeah, I've yeah. read into all of that before. But, like, mm-hmm. I wouldn't consider myself a Titanic girly, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't, like, go to bed reading that stuff. But I'm like, oh, that's interesting, you know, well, if I come across I ha- it. I have for the past week uh, been a Titanic girly out of necessity. I felt like we have to 
to do the story just because it's like probably the most famous like disaster slash survival story yeah world yeah um, for whatever reason and uh so I wanted to do it um I have my own opinions about all of it um and if you've like if you live breathe the titanic this episode might not be for you because I am coming as somebody who really doesn't know a whole lot about it um so the first episode is really just a timeline of events um and we're splitting this into two episodes because there's literally so much information about this topic out yeah. there <clears throat> it's a little overwhelming um and so in the next episode hoping to do some like very specific survivors and then maybe we can talk conspiracy theories um because that's always fun i do um, but- love a good conspiracy theory Yes, but this is going to be the facts as much as I am able to find and give. And there may be mistakes in this. I'm going off of mostly what Encyclopedia Britannica tells me because that's a trusted source to me. Yes. Um, And uh, yeah, so that's that's this this week's story is uh, is the timeline of the sinking of the Titanic. Yeah. So. We will not be able to cover everything on this ship and, and, and everything that happened on the ship because there's just, there's so much. Yeah, there so really is. So much fucking information. It's so I'm, overwhelming. I mean, like, how long was the movie? Like, two hours, right? It's longer than that. It was a it long is. ass movie. Yeah. I think it's almost three hours long. Yeah. And so, yeah. And I enjoyed it, but I'm like, I'm not going to watch this again for a long Mm-mm. time. <laughs> yeah, no, you, yes, it's hard to sit down and watch a three hour movie for sure. Yeah. And I, I only did it because I was sick. So, yeah. <laughs> so the Titanic was actually described as unsinkable or rather <laughs> practically unsinkable. Um, and at its launch, it was the largest object to ever move in the water. But, of course, now, today, we have, like, ships that are, like, way bigger than the Titanic. The ship was 228 feet and 69 meters tall and took a little over two years to build and made up the White Star Line's top class of ocean liners along with the Olympic and the Britannic, which were the ships that, with the conspiracy theory, like, may have been switched, right? The ships were built by the White Star Line to complete compete with luxury ocean liners, the Lusitania and the Mauritania, owned by the rival company Cunard. White Star Line was purchased by J.P. Morgan Shipping Trust in 1902, and the idea to build the three ships was conceived over dinner between J. Bruce Ismay and James Pierre in 1907. Ismay would uh, eventually go on to die. Or no, he survived the Titanic. He survived the sinking, but he was on the ship. The ship was finished and launched on May 31st, uh, 1911 in the Victoria Channel in Belfast, Ireland. Cost of building the Titanic was 7.5 mil, which was $166 million in modern money. This surprisingly costs less Oh my god! And it it did to make the actual movie, which is two hundred thousand or sorry, two hundred million dollars. Oh wow! So the movie costs more than the actual building of the ship, probably because James Cameron was like, "Let's build some deep sea submersibles so we can yeah. get 
real footage of the Titanic. So all of that footage of the wreck in the movie is real. Oh, wow. Which is cool. That is really cool. But also like, wow, he went down there to get all of that. <laughs> Which the, the footage already existed, right? Because yeah. the wreck had been dis- discovered in 1985. Oh, true. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. So when do you think, I don't know if you know the answer to this question, but like, when do you think they actually had like the first footage of the Titanic? I don't know. Let's go. Uh, that's a question I guess I had not answered. Well, it was just, it popped into my brain when you said that the Titanic was discovered in 18 something something. So obviously like good cameras were not a thing back then. So I would imagine yeah. it would be to like. Or even technology, like the 30s or 40s. So the wreck wasn't discovered until 85. 1984 or 1885? 1985. They knew where the wreck was, but because it was so deep, right? Gotcha. Yeah, it's like almost a mile down. Um, Nobody could get to it until the 80s when we just developed that submersible technology. Gotcha. And by the the 80s, there was already like camera technology. Yeah, so. so... The first um, wreck footage was taken by uh, Huey Woods Hole in 86. Cool. Nice. And the movie was done, was released in 98. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. That's like a nice feather in their cap. They're like, yeah, we were the first ones to get footage of the Titanic. Yeah. (laughs) It's Huey. Huey's all over the place, man. Yeah. Ocean research is, is their deal, so cool that i got to visit <laughs> yes for anybody yeah. that doesn't know that acronym is woods hole oceanographic institute mm-hmm. which is why it's hooey in yes in massachusetts so <laughs> yes in massachusetts. Yes. so the titanic took its first maiden voyage of 471 miles from belfast to southampton england where it first and uh later its first and later only trip was leaving from so this was the Titanic's only trip. This is a maiden voyage. Ah, f- she, right. she had one job. <laughs> she didn't do it. She didn't fucking do it. Um, <laughs> and honestly, it's kind of not her fault. Yeah. And I don't blame Titanic for what happened. No. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. yeah. So the full capacity of the ship was um, 3,320 people. But on its maiden voyage, only 49% of the berths were filled with uh, 2,223 people aboard the Titanic. Okay. 1,324 passengers and 908 crew. So the loss of life could have been way, way more. Worse. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So do we know the reason why behind they just decided they just, to do that. That was, like that? that was how many people paid mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so the route was planned to go from Southampton, England, to Cherbourg, France, to Queenstown, Ireland, and then to New York in the United States. And the return trip was going to be New York, Plymouth, England, Cherbourg, Southampton. Gotcha. The crossing of the Atlantic was 2,835 miles in distance. And was scheduled to be completed in 137 hours. So basically a week-ish, under a week. Yeah. Yeah. First class passengers enjoyed attractions such as squash courts, a Turkish bath, a Ooh. gymnasium, Ooh. a barbershop, 
photo dark room and the first swimming pool aboard a ship cool that's that's pretty cool i bet it's still filled with water it probably is (laughs) but um there were also four restaurants and a first class dining saloon along with second and third class dining halls there were uh, 840 private rooms aboard the Titanic, um, 416 in first class, 162 in second class, and 262 in third class. These room in these rooms there were, at the time of the maiden voyage, 324 first class passengers, 284 second class passengers, and 709 third class passengers, most of whom perished, as oh. we know now, and yeah. 170. Sorry, 107 children on board. Most of them were in third class. That stinks. So, and we know the story of the Titanic, if you've seen the movie, is... (laughs) Sorry. You good? (laughs) You okay? (laughs) We know it's heavily based in classism. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was one of the... That was one of the biggest things about this is because... (laughs) they were favoring people who were in first class when they were boarding the lifeboats. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of second and third class passengers were the ones who ended up dying. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the main draws of the story is just how kind of fucked up that was. Yeah. And also like there weren't enough life rafts for everybody like on board. So, Mm -hmm. I mean, if you're going to be having a max capacity of, x amount of people you have to be able to have that capacity in life rafts that's my personal opinion but maybe i'm wrong (laughs) well and the whole thing was like oh she's unsinkable we won't need them and they didn't have enough because they were like well it clutters the view on deck hubris of man tell you what (laughs) right so there were only enough lifeboats for about a third of the people like at total capacity yeah so like if it had been full capacity like two-thirds of those people would have died yeah the lifeboats could only so the capacity was 300 uh 3320 people the lifeboats at max could only hold 1178 people wow so like about half yeah not even half it's it's a third it's just a third a third third, yeah so like i don't blame the ship i blame the people who put her together <laughs> yeah <laughs> or designed yeah. her yeah 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 so so um the titanic left queenstown ireland at uh 1 p.m on april 11th 1912 to make its first atlantic crossing bound for new york city while most of the passengers who had purchased tickets had boarded 20 people canceled their plans to sail aboard the titanic because they had a dream that it would sink oh wow yeah, that's that's a premonition. Yep, that's scary. So if you're dreaming about us showing up in short green mini I'm dresses, you, you might be right. I'm telling I you, I uh, I got a little I don't know intuition in me too. I think you never know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I would hope no one would do that. <laughs> yeah, so like if I had been that person who like had that dream. <laughs> yes afterwards i'd been like i'm clairvoyant and i would start like a fortune telling business immediately right yeah i don't blame you i would do the same thing 
like what are the odds man it's pretty bad odds really that that uh you'd have that dream but but also like the amount of people that had the same dream yeah like that's what's crazy is how many people did you say canceled their ticket because they had dreams of the titanic sinking 20 20 people Mm mm-hmm I mean, I don't know. That's enough for me to be like, those 20 were selected for some reason. (laughs) Right. Either that or it's like, you know how people are like really afraid of getting on airplanes? Yeah. Like back in the day, probably equivalent of like people who are afraid to get on boats for because boats would sink all the fucking time back then. Yeah. And so I'm like, "Mm, those people just probably had a phobia of boats and they were like, this is the only way I can travel. I was going to say, maybe those 20 people are, like, super sensitive, like I am, for stress dreams. Mm-hmm. And then they're just, like, having stress dreams about getting on the boat. And they're like, But also, nope. it did sink. So then you're like, holy shit. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I know. I um, was right. So we all know that the boat sank from the movies to the books to the James Cameron documentaries to the recent Ocean Gate submarine disaster. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to give you the following timeline on how it all went down and this was mostly from encyclopedia britannica they were very detailed which i was grateful for they're pretty good i do like that so if i get anything wrong blame them not me okay (laughs) i will (laughs) so the morning of april 14th captain edward j smith canceled a scheduled lifeboat drill which i thought was interesting so this is the morning the morning of the sinking basically he canceled a drill a lifeboat drill nice yeah that's smart that screams real smart yep not that they would have been able to put all the people on the lifeboats but you know i know so uh the titanic received iceberg warnings throughout the day as it was in the north pacific hundreds of miles off the coast of newfoundland at this time slowly nearing the North American continent and its destination. At 5.50 p.m., Captain Smith decided to change the Titanic's course, heading slightly south to avoid the icebergs, but the ship's speed was not lowered. And in the movie, it's because um, one of the ship's financiers was like, oh, we need to make headlines. We need to beat the Lusitania. It's the fastest cruise ship in the world like yeah. you need to push it um i don't know if that's the reason why they were like full speeding ahead and might have been that i i trust james cameron's accuracy on that um but that yeah. is interesting so at 9 40 p.m the ship the masaba sent a warning to the titanic about an ice field the field was reported to have heavy pack ice and a great number of large icebergs The wireless operator, Jack Phillips, was busy handling passengers' messages and never sent the warning to the bridge. Dude, what? (laughs) Yeah, so because they were getting close to Newfoundland, passengers could actually send messages to loved ones because they were in contact with, like, a a mainland radio operator. And so everybody Mm -hmm. was, like, sending their messages through or trying to get, like, like, oh, yeah, we're here, we're fine, yada, yada. Yeah, have cell phones and when you're out in the middle of the ocean you can't send letters or anything right yeah so no you can't but i mean just did he know 
that the warning was about the icebergs or was it just like he was waiting like that or was like that iceberg warning message like kind of in a, in a queue that he had to get to and didn't get to it? So it says that the message was not prefixed with MSG, which was which is an, like message. Yeah, which was an yeah. indicator that the message was intended for the captain. So he didn't realize it was urgent. Oh, yeah, that's a bummer. Mm hmm. Because I was yeah. going to say, like, if it was, like, labeled like that and he, like, just didn't didn't tell anybody, that's really messed up. No, it wasn't yeah. out of, like, it wasn't out of, like, um, fuck you. It was more out of, like, it wasn't labeled correctly. He was like, okay, so it must not be that important kind of thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um. So at 10 p.m., there was a shift change on the bridge with First Officer William Murdoch taking over for second officer Charles Lightroller. So Murdoch is the guy in the movie who shoots passengers and then commits suicide. If you remember oh, that part. I kind of do. Yeah. It's been a while since I've seen the movie, but mm-hmm. like to save them from their suffering. Mm-hmm. Well, no, we'll get into it. There's okay. Rumors, there's goss. It's interesting. Um, okay, yeah, because then never mind. I don't remember that part. Yes. So lookouts Frederick Fleet and Reginald Lee begin their watch at the crow's nest. Uh, but the unusually calm night actually made the icebergs more difficult to see as there were no breaking waves on the icebergs. So they couldn't hear or I guess see the wave movement. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting. Because I'm like, if there was a moon out, you would be able to see the icebergs. But maybe it was a new moon. Yeah, I feel like full moons are, like, the best time to see things. I mean, because we're, well, we're, like, where we live, like, there are no street lights here. So, like, at night when it gets dark, it's, like, really freaking dark. And even if it's, like, a half, half moon or something like that, like, it's it's pretty dark out and so like when it's a full moon it's like freaking daytime out here yeah it's like you can like walk around at night no problem in the full moon i guess i'm asking the question or like musing about it because i have been a night watch on a ship out in the middle of the ocean and like if it is if you have any kind of light from the moon you can see shit for a ways out like we were up there to make sure that nobody ran into like floating containers oh okay like ship containers that are just yeah looking out there out there yeah and i saw one uh float by i mean i I warned whoever and yada 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 but like i saw one in the distance i was like i'm pretty sure that's a container but so i just looked it up and it was a new moon on oh okay so there was no moon it was dark yeah it was dark um which makes sense why more sense why they wouldn't be able to see that yeah perfect storm man tell you what Mm -hmm. but it was calm and there were no clouds which is the craziest part um they also the crow's nest didn't have their binoculars they had been misplaced so they were literally only using their human human eyes dude what (laughs) yeah these are things that they don't talk about in the movie at all they're too focused on rose and and jack like having sex in the the yeah which i'm sorry if you produce that much steam you have a glandular problem (laughs) (laughs) yep 
Like, that's just gross. That's funny. <laughs> oh, man, that's funny. Yeah, but, like, I, uh, I just, like, when you're piecing this together of how, like, you know, the message wasn't relayed, mm-hmm. they lost their binoculars, yeah. it just seems, like, very, like, a casual excursion, mm-hmm. you know? Well, you know, they said she was unsinkable, so people were probably like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, the training yeah. wasn't there. Yeah. At, I think uh, the binoculars thing just or- irks me more because, like, I'm a super organized person. So if I had something like binoculars sitting somewhere mm-hmm. and then they weren't there, I'd be like, who the hell? Like, where where'd these go? Like, <laughs> these, these are mine. This is where they live. Why are they not here? Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, how do you just, like, lose your freaking binoculars that you need to, like, keep an eye out for people and potentially the the watch uh pair before them maybe they took it with them accidentally like yeah you know it's not like that was the only people who were sitting in the crow's nest so yeah blame your co-workers you know (laughs) always blame your co-workers (laughs) just kidding At 10.55, a wireless operator, Phillips, received another warning of ice from the nearby Californian, uh, to which he replied, (laughs) and I quote, shut up, shut up, I am busy, I am working Cape Race. (laughs) (laughs) So Cape Race was a wireless station in Newfound Canada, or Newfoundland Canada, and he was more concerned with completing all of the passenger telegrams after their long Atlantic crossing again, like this was their first time they could communicate with the outside world. At this time, the iceberg lay just 15 minutes ahead. Oh, wow. So that's scary. At 11 p.m., most of the passengers had retired to their rooms, which is why a lot of them were in their night, just their nightgowns and a coat. Ugh, yeah. When this happened. um, I can't imagine. I've never been on a cruise ship and like I kind of don't ever want to be on a cruise ship honestly i've been on one we went through a tropical storm it was mildly terrifying i'll I'll say that Mm -hmm. i just like i've said it before i'm not a good swimmer i have asthma like the swimming triggers it differently than like running does for some reason and so like if i were ever in an incident like i know i would die you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like i would not be surviving that i know that for a fact and I, I don't know, like, I get seasick. So I'm like, I don't even want to go on a cruise ship because I'm just not yeah. going to have a good time. I'm going to get yeah. sick all the time. That's very you know? true. Yeah. Yeah. And that's totally valid because uh, cruise ships sink sometimes still. Yes. <laughs> because people like, are people and they're incompetent. Well, yeah. And like, I haven't heard of any sinking, but like, I just don't, I don't know. Like, I just don't want to do that. I feel like there's been some carnival cruise ships that have sunk recently, yeah. fairly recently. I'll yeah, look that up. yeah. I don't know. I feel like in some situations, if a ship went down, I think I could survive for a while because I have a decent tolerance of cold water, surprisingly, and I yeah. float like a motherfucker. Like, yeah, I said that before. You're just very buoyant. S- so much weight to to dive because I just bob up to the top like a cork, especially in salt water. I, my yeah. my flotation ability is much higher in salt water than in fresh water. But in this case, it doesn't matter if you can swim or not. 
and we'll get to why. Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. Yes. It didn't matter if you, you could swim or tread water for hours. Wouldn't, wouldn't have mattered. So, um, okay. So at 1135, the wireless operator of the California turned off his radio and Fleet, one of the Titanic lookouts, saw an iceberg in the Titanic's path and rang a bell three times to indicate something was ahead. He then called the bridge, where First Officer Murdoch ordered the Titanic to turn to the left, hard to starboard, to reverse the engines. But because it's such a big ship, that it doesn't really have a great turning radius, like last yeah. minute kind of thing. Uh, those larger ships you, takes like, yeah, like fifteen mm-hmm. minutes to make a like a small yeah. degree angle turn. Yeah. And they actually closed the doors of the watertight compartments before they hit the iceberg, which in the movie, they get closed after. Oh, that's mm-hmm. interesting. Problem is, those compartments weren't really watertight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we have learned. So the Titanic hit the iceberg officially at 11.40 p.m. on Sunday the 14th, 1912. Starboard side of the ship scraped along the side of the iceberg and began taking thousands of seawater through holes in the hull in at least five of the ship's compartments. So basically they just scraped scraped up the hole um, and there's a bunch of holes in, in that like one long scrape basically. Yeah. So the designer of the ship, Thomas Andrews, who was aboard at the time of the maiden voyage, went to look at the damage and quickly realized the ship was sinking. Yeah, I bet. And I can't can't remember the name of the actor who plays him in the movie, but he's, like, weirdly obsessed with Rose, like, unhealthily. Oh, wait, let me look. I'm trying to remember. um, I've seen his face before. He plays, like, he plays Daddy Warbucks, I think, in the original Annie. Oh. Um... Titanic uh, movie. After. Oh, that guy. He's also in what? El- Victor Garber. What else is he in? That guy is also in like some Disney Channel movie. I think. I yeah, he always plays. He always plays a daddy. Yeah. Oh, Legally Blonde. That's what it was. Yes. He's okay. in Legally Blonde. He's the the professor in Legally yeah, Blonde. Yeah, the creepy professor. So that's yes. so, and in the movie, he's like, "Oh, Rose, you're so clever. Rose, you're so smart. Rose, yeah. nothing gets past you, Rose." I'm like, "Dude, chill. She already has two other tooths after yes. her." Seriously. <laughs> anyway, I'm sure the real guy was perfectly wonderful i don't i don't know i don't know if he was after young women who knows <laughs> yeah so thomas andrews he was aboard the ship for the maiden voyage went to look at the damage the ship was built to remain afloat with four compartments flooded but now five compartments are flooding oh god so uh andrews predicted the ship only had about two hours before it would sink oh gosh that's and scary so he gave the captain the news hooray <laughs> hooray <laughs> that message was received somebody received a message finally <laughs> <laughs> so a little bit about our girl the iceberg because um, <laughs> nobody our, ever talks about her our girly our girly um the estimated height of the iceberg above water was 50 to 100 feet with an estimated length of 200 to 400 feet and the reason the estimations are so big is because they're based off of like survivor 
uh, estimates, basically. Oh, yeah. Right. They're going through the most traumatic thing ever. Yeah. And they're like, they're like oh, I don't big? know. It was like 50 to 100 feet. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, like, I don't know. Like, I, I think about that. If like every, anybody ever needed me to identify like a subject, I'd be like, I don't know height. I'd be like, I don't know. He looked like, <laughs> or weight. I was like, I don't know. He looked like a normal, normal guy. Like, he had I hair. Yeah. He's like, yay tall. Kind of like, <laughs> this big around I get I don't know like yeah I would be terrible with that right so I I get it (laughs) so the iceberg was believed to have been quote-unquote born or detached I guess from the Ulisat ice shelf Mm -hmm. in Greenland in 1909 most icebergs produced in Greenland rarely complete this journey into the North Atlantic shipping lanes so about one to four percent of the icebergs that break off from this ice shelf reach here yeah because most of them become trapped or melt in the Gulf Stream. By the time the Titanic had reached the area, 300 icebergs had made it to the North Atlantic shipping lanes, which is the largest number in at least 50 years. Oh, wow. So this So if they was... didn't hit this one, they were probably going to hit another one, maybe? Maybe, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it was there was an abnormal amount of icebergs just in the area. About... Yeah. That's interesting. So at midnight on April 15th, so we're in the next day now, uh, the lifeboats were being ready for launch. Again, there were 20 lifeboats with space only for 1,178 of the 200, approximately 220, sorry, 2,200 people on board. I don't know why I have such a problem saying numbers out loud, but I fucking do. No, that's fine. I have a problem with saying words out loud, so that's that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So, and they knew this. So, Captain Smith ordered for women and children to be allowed to board the lifeboats first, which makes sense for the time, for for the way that, you know, classism and sexism and all that stuff goes. Like, it was the chivalrous thing to do. I would hope in any circumstance, you'd be like, okay, the kids. Like, women, children. Yeah, Yeah. seriously. I was just thinking about that, too, how, like, it's always been, like, women and children first, women and Mm -hmm. children first, and... I don't know. That just like makes me sad for mm-hmm. the men, mm-hmm. like the decent men that are like, you know, here, go before me. I'll get yes. on if I can. And it's like, yes, I don't know. That makes me sad. It's so sad. And you read so yeah. many like uh, survivor accounts of that. And they're like, and that's the last time I ever saw my dad. And I'm like, Bruh. right. Yes. Like that is <sighs> traumatizing. Yeah. So at, at 12, 15, Captain Smith ordered Phillips to send out a distress signal repetitively over the next several hours. Phillips sends out both the better known SOS that we all know and love mm-hmm. and uh, CQD, which is another distress signal that they used at the time. CQ signifies a general call and D means distress. So that's oh, okay. the code for that. Gotcha. The liner, the ocean liner, the Frankfurt, is among the first to respond, but it's 170 nautical miles away. Other ships offer assistance, including the sister ship, the Olympic, that was also out, Mm -hmm. um, but they are also too far away. At 1220, the liner, the Carpathia, received the distress signal from Phillips saying, come at once, we have struck a berg. It's CQD, old man. So the Carpathia immediately changed course to aid the Titanic, but is still 58 nautical miles away. Yeah. 
So it takes the Carpathia over three hours to arrive. And by then, for many, it is too late. Golly, that stinks. The passengers were waiting to enter the lifeboats and the ship's musicians famously continued to play despite the situation. This is true. Um, Yeah. They start in the first class lounge and eventually move to the deck to entertain everybody. Uh, Sources vary on how long they performed, but the main theory is that they apparently played until shortly before the ship sank. There is also speculation on the last song they performed, either Autumn or Nearer My God to Thee. Uh, none of the mus- musicians survived the sinking. That's so sad and also really fucked up that they're still expected to perform while a ship is literally sinking. They chose to. Oh, they chose to. They didn't okay. need to, but they okay. chose to. But it, I think at first to like try to keep an air of calm. Yeah. Um, For everybody, they were part of the crew. Yeah. You know? So it was unlikely that they would get on a lifeboat because they were last to go anyway low on the on the, the in the pecking order of like people who needed to survive to like man yeah. lifeboats or whatever so oh, that's just so still messed up though so that's... they knew their fate and they yeah. were like well we're gonna play we're gonna play to the bitter end Ugh, i hate yeah. that for them so by 12 30 a.m captain edward j smith orders the lifeboats into the water at 12 45 the first lifeboat boat number seven is lowered carrying just 27 people even though there's room in this specific boat for 65 people oh wow that's so this awful. this is the second issue that we have so many of the first boats that were launched were below capacity because the crewmen were worried that the davits which are like the pulley system mm-hmm. would be unable to hold a fully loaded lifeboat but then that's why you do the testing before you freaking go on a ship yeah for sale you know like you don't you don't go on a sailing mission or whatever you called it her maiden voyage if yeah. like the all the mechanics aren't working right so it's like what was the point of having a lifeboat that held that many people if, you if were you're afraid... not sure the pulley system's gonna be able to withstand the weight of that many people oh like what's your plan like just throw people overboard and like drag them into the boats but even they don't do that i'll tell yeah. you why later so Passengers were also, this is not just on the crew, this is also a little bit on the passengers. They were also initially afraid to leave the ship because they believed she was unsinkable. So they were like, why would I get in a lifeboat if risk getting lost at sea? Yeah. Right? Like, no, she's sinking, girl. She's yeah. going bye-bye. Yeah. So in addition, the ship fired the first of eight distress rockets. A ship was sighted less than 10 nautical miles away but was unable to be contacted. It's later revealed that this was a Norwegian fishing vessel that was illegally hunting seals. Oh, (laughs) no. There's a ship that could have helped them. Oh, my God. But they were doing illicit activities, and they were like, I don't want to get involved. Oh, that's horrible. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. I hope that all of that crew had bad karma for the rest of their life. Right. Not only are you hunting little seals illegally you're also like <laughs> consciously not helping people that are drowning That's mm-hmm. well they they not probably didn't necessarily know what was going on over there yeah so i i i don't know maybe if they had known the direness of the situation maybe they would have been like all right we'll help some people but yeah 
yeah, it's like, oh, that sucks. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, whoops. <laughs> Ooh. So the ship, the California, sees the flares but can't determine their source. And they're surrounded by sea ice themselves and are kind of like, I'm going to just chill here because mm-hmm. I'm also surrounded by danger. Um, but they are only 18 nautical miles away. So had they had their radio system on, they might have been able to. Yeah, hear it. Yeah. yeah. But they didn't because hmm because they had turned it off so yeah. at 1 a.m several more lifeboats were lowered including number three with 39 people and number one with just 12 people when over 40 could fit oh my god so the capacities of the lifeboats range from like 40 to like 70 Six. yeah so like, yeah and so like that's there was probably like a few more hundred of people that could have been saved if they filled all of those lifeboats to the max, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's a bummer. Yeah. So water was seen at the base of the grand staircase on E on deck at this point. Most of the lifeboat passengers were either first class or crewmen. Crewmen who were sent to operate and navigate the lifeboats. First class passengers on these lifeboats included Sir Cosmo Eden Duff. Edmund Duff Gordon and his wife Lucy. And they are rumored to have bribed the crew from letting anyone else on board, but these rumors have not been officially like confirmed or anything. Oh, really? Yeah. Because they were worried that the boat would swamp and then they would drown. God. Yeah. Uh, Ten minutes later, number eight is launched with only 28 people. Isidore and Ida Strauss were offered seats on the boat, but both refused. Isidore not wanting to disobey the order of women and children first, and Ida staying at her husband's side, saying, where you go, I go. Neither survive. They're the couple in the movie that you see as the ship is sinking. They're, like, laying on the bed, like, hugging each other and crying. That's that couple. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Um, that's sad. Yeah. 20 minutes later, number 10 and number 9 were lowered. Nine had 56 people and was almost at capacity. Nine held one of, I think, the youngest survivor. Nine-week-old Milvania Dean, who was uh, third class and was the last living survivor of the disaster, dying in 2009 at 97 years old. Wow. She was the last living Titanic survivor. I just got chills. Yeah. Five minutes later, number 12 is lowered with half of its seats empty. At 1.30 a.m., the crowd begins to grow panicked and the deck tilts. Mm. Several male passengers try to board number 14, which causes 5th Officer Harold Lowe to fire his gun three times to dissuade them from boring. So he just, like, fired it in the air. Mm-hmm. While it is known that Officer Lowe shot his gun in the air to ward off men from jumping in the boat, there are a lot of rumors saying that First Officer William Murdoch shot two passengers and killed them. Oh two, my god. Yeah. Two third-class passengers, and a lot of the rumors say they were Italian men. Oh my god. Because they were trying to get on a boat. Oh my god. That rumor, though... there's a lot of like different accounts Mm -hmm. really hard to piece there's a bunch that say like oh yeah it was two italian men there's some people that say oh my gosh almost 12 third class passengers were shot dead oh my god yeah that's a dramatic change yeah so there's like there's no consensus for this 
mm-hmm. which makes it really difficult as a researcher to like pull it apart and like yeah so maybe we'll talk about this if we have time in like the conspiracy section of episode two because yeah. i don't want to sit and like say like oh this is what happened when i don't when, really like, know if it didn't i know yeah. but like i i hear you on that and i'm all for that but also just to comment on like rumors and things like that i am like a firm believer where like if there is a rumor out there there's like a reason why the rumors yeah. out there you know what yeah. i mean like nobody just says that a man shot somebody if he didn't shoot somebody yeah you know what i mean like either he shot his gun at people and missed or mm-hmm. and people and people thought that he shot people dead or like he did shoot at least one person dead but then they heard all these gunshots from mm-hmm. the other officer firing into the air and they yeah. saw that there was 12 people dead like they, they're just like putting things together you know but like well and it was i'm sure extremely chaotic Oh, yeah, definitely chaotic. But, like, my point is, like, wherever there's a rumor, there's always, like, a reason why there's mm-hmm. a rumor. You know, like, somebody just doesn't... I, I don't think people would actually make up something as, like, audacious as, like, somebody murdering 12 people if there wasn't I, sort of, I like... Don't know. You don't You don't know? Really? Yeah, I think people say some salacious stuff to get others, like, to make everything seem more dramatic, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I guess... I guess I'm either I'm gullible or I just I don't know I just always think like if there's a reason why somebody is like saying Mm -hmm. something like that like there has to be some foundation yeah some like grain of salt of truth there where it's like something happened where Mm -hmm. like you know there was a miscommunication somebody interpreted it the wrong way like somebody saw something the wrong way Mm -hmm. but like something definitely happened it's just about well like, and it's like they were firing how, warning shots you know yeah. so it's like it it wouldn't surprise me if passengers had actually gotten shot you know in attempting to to board a boat but right problem is uh most of those people are dead uh first officer william murdoch is dead they went out oh, yeah. the ship yeah so we're only relying on people who have witness accounts which in right. stressful times like recounting those you don't always have that memory piece together like you think you do oh definitely don't like you black out and you're just like in survival mode and you're like i I think i saw this i don't know right like yeah and this this is the problem with witness accounts all the time with like true crime and stuff is that they're not that reliable yeah and they're like very wishy-washy where they're like well i think this may have happened but now that i'm thinking about it maybe this happened and like right yeah no i get it i just but like what I'm trying to say is like mm-hmm. I I know that you're saying like they fired shots, so it's like you know there's right there's these rumors like it was yeah. two people or twelve people, yeah, like right. But people in their panic state, they just hear gunshots going mm-hmm. off, and then I don't know, maybe other and then they are, just assume, yeah, yeah, they yeah. just like they maybe they heard twelve gunshots and they just like assumed mm-hmm. that that was like you know some twelve people died, you know. But that's what I'm saying. Like the truth of the matter is that there were gunshots fired mm-hmm. to keep people from going onto the ships whether or not people died from them who knows but yeah that was you know that's what i'm saying it's like that's the that's the like the the grain of salt size Mm -hmm. of truth there Mm -hmm. no i i totally agree with you on that and if anybody if any of those situations are true i feel like the one where it's like two the two passengers third class italian because that keeps coming up along like all of the different like like survivor stories that's like a common denominator you found yeah and that's the one i they kind of go with in the movie 
Yeah. Um, there's also a rumor that one of the officers shot himself. Okay. Um, at, like during all of it because it's overwhelming and he was going to die anyway and yada yeah. yada yada. He's like, so, I don't want to suffer. I might as well just end it. And in the movie, uh, it is first officer Murdoch who oh, wow. suicide. Okay. Um, we don't know that that actually happened. Yeah. That's another rumor. But that- yeah, I'm like, there's, it's not like there's bodies to take to recover, right? right? There's yeah. there's some. There's quite a few, but you know, I don't think any of them were found with bullets in them. Yeah. So interesting. You know, there's also another <laughs> rumor that men were dressing up as women in order to sneak aboard the lifeboats, which <laughs> sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> could see that so, too. While none of these rumors were truly confirmed, we may delve um more into this on episode two when we get into theories it depends on if we have time like i said there's so much information on this like event it's crazy yeah oh goodness wayland just scared the bejesus out of me oh he just hopped up (laughs) baby mercy heard me puppy talking and now she's (sighs) wanting scratches too hi wayland doesn't even like gently open a door he just like so phillips continues to send out distress signals with growing desperation um saying women and children in boats cannot last much longer number 13 and 15 were launched holding now third class passengers finally um five minutes later number 16 was launched five minutes later the collapsible lifeboat c was launched so the collapsible lifeboats had canvas sides that could easily be folded for storage but they were less stable than the wooden lifeboats i think they had four of these in okay total. um five minutes later number two number 11 and number four were lowered by 2 a.m there were only three lifeboats left aboard and all three were collapsible the bow had sunk low enough that the stern's propellers are now clearly visible above the water. Uh, lifeboat D was lowered with 20 people um, on the boat. Soon the Titanic's bow went under and both the collapsible lifeboat A and B were swept off the ship. About 50 people managed to get to the two lifeboats from the water And many people at this point were jumping from the ship into the ice cold water, hoping to get picked up by a lifeboat. Um, Captain Smith releases the crew saying it's every man for himself. Uh, Oh gosh. The the captain was last seen on the bridge and his body was never recovered. So he went down with the ship. Yeah. 17 minutes later, Philip sent his final distress signal. Uh, At 2.18... The lights on the Titanic went out, plunging the ship and the surrounding water into complete darkness, Mm. which would have been fucking terrifying. That is really fucking terrifying. Uh, The back of the boat was pushed further out into the water, but the ship's hull wasn't strong enough to withstand the pressure, and it snapped in two. Two minutes later, the front of the boat completely disappeared beneath the surface of the ocean, the back of the ship following shortly after. Um, by 2.26 a.m., the Titanic reached the bottom of the ocean, uh, or the front of the Titanic, and two minutes later, the back half joined it. Um, in total, it took two hours and 40 minutes for the Titanic to sink after hitting the iceberg. 
Reports speculate that it took six, six minutes for the bow section to reach the bottom, traveling at 30 miles per hour. The stern, after it snapped in half, mm-hmm. like rose completely upright. Okay. Which you see in the movie. Yeah. And just kind of bobs there for a couple of minutes. Yeah. Before sinking. And Jack and Rose are at the very back of the stern. So that they're at the very top of okay, they ride that son of a bitch down, right? Yeah. Um, so it became vertical before taking the final plunge to the bottom. Water pressure caused the stern, which still had air inside, to implode as it sank. The stern landed about uh two thousand feet away from the bow. Wow. So that whole the way it happened in the movie is exactly supposedly like it happened in real life like based yeah on accounts and stuff which is crazy <laughs> yeah that's so is scary really... yeah and yeah. the lifeboats had like uh rowed away from the the ship mm-hmm. because they were so worried even... oh, oh, sorry because no, they were worried the suction would like drag them back drag them. Yeah. yeah i was gonna say also like they probably rode away because like now that there, there's like all these frantic people in the water wanting to grab at their boat too mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. so there were now hundreds of people in the dark freezing water while there was room on most of the lifeboats the crewmen were afraid the boats would be swamped by struggling victims if rescued occurred rescues mm-hmm. occurred which yeah. like fair but like then you should have put enough people in the yes. lifeboats in the fucking first place yeah like Ugh. one way or another figure it out lower them down on ropes i don't give a shit you know i know it's just yeah that's a really crappy situation so a few people were pulled to safety but most died of exposure because the approximate water temperature at the time was negative two degrees celsius or 28 degrees fahrenheit it's cold it's freezing the, yeah certifiably freezing that's as cold as water salt water can get pretty much yeah without freezing Mm-hmm. Um, that's a unique um, aspect of salt water is get actually be negative four degrees Celsius without freezing. Like oh that's God. how low it can get. Yeah, so it's something to do with the physics of the salt. Don't ask me exactly, but I do know it can get down to negative four. So the water's basically gotcha. below freezing. Yeah, it's cold. Like too cold for me. You cannot survive that. Um, so the typical life expectancy of Titanic victims in the water was 15 to 45 minutes. That's it. Oh my God. That's yeah. not long at all. No. So you'd be 15 probably and I'd be 45 because I would float. Yes. <laughs> yes. I would definitely be 15. <laughs> um, or 10. Yeah. <laughs> so literally I think only five people were pulled from the water. Oh my god, that's horrible. Um, so one of the heroes of this meager rescue effort is fifth officer Harold Lowe. Sorry, let me say that again. Is fifth officer Harold Lowe, who is in command of boat fourteen. He was the one we know for sure fired shots out into the air, like that mm-hmm. did happen, but he didn't shoot anybody. Um, so he transferred his passengers on his boat into four, ten, and twelve. And he took in D and he, he took 14 to return to the site of the sinking to look for survivors. Um, 
he pulled a few men from the water and saved all of those still alive in partially flooded lifeboats A and, and D. So those were the ones that got swept off the deck. Mm-hmm. And so those people like were able to kind of get part of their bodies out of the water. Yeah. Um, onto the lifeboat. And so, nice. And so they were able to survive because they weren't completely submerged. Yeah. Um, so from D, there are 30 survivors. But from A, only 12 of the original 20 are still alive. The rest of them oh, come to exposure. That's so sad. So he was able to save them. So his lifeboats yeah. were partially flooded. So third class passenger and survivor in boat 15, Charles Dahl, recounted seeing a total of 19 icebergs in the area as they re- awaited rescue. Oh, my God. So if they hadn't hit that one, you're right. They probably would have hit another one. They would have hit another one. I was wondering why, like, in my memory... And I think in the movie or maybe somewhere else that I've seen, like, I just have this vision of it being like an iceberg ridden field. Mm-hmm. And I just remember thinking, like, why would a ship go through an iceberg ridden field? But that now that I know the backstory of it, that mm-hmm. that makes right. sense. Yeah. So so Lowe was the only one who even attempted to save people's lives. But the thing is, most people died pretty quickly. Once they got yeah. in that water, which yeah, is why sure. the whole door thing to me, the whole like, well, you could fit two people in the door. It's like, yeah, but they've tested it like IRL yeah. and you would have had to be partially submerged in the water. Yeah. And it's like, for, that's still yeah. the problem. <laughs> right. Because the weight would make it so that like you'd be floating and part yeah. of you would be out, but like your chest would be submerged. Yeah, the front of your body would be submerged. That's like yeah. what your core is. Yeah, and that's what you need to protect to yeah stay alive. Exactly. So <laughs> you could fit two people on there, but the chance of, of both people surviving is less than if there was just one person completely out of the water. Gotcha. Which I think was kind of the point. Yeah. So by 3.30 a.m., the Carpathia arrived in the area firing rockets there's another 40 minutes before the first lifeboat, number two, reaches the Carpathia. It took the ship several hours to pick up all the survivors. So Ismay, who was one of the orig- original like financiers, mm-hmm. uh, wrote to the White Star Line's offices, Deeply regret advise you, Titanic sank this morning, 15th, after a collision iceberg, resulting serious lost life. Further particulars later. So that was hmm. the first kind of like, yep, it sunk. Uh, yeah, <laughs> like whoopsies. Whoops. Um. So by eight thirty a.m., the California arrived in the area, searching for several hours, but failed to find any survivors. By eight fifty a.m., the Carpathia, carrying just seven hundred and five survivors, headed to New York City, where it was greeted by massive crowds on April eighteenth. In the following days, approximately 334 bodies of victims were recovered from the sea, and about 23% of the dead were never recovered. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. The Titanic sank about 400 miles off the coast of Newfoundland, where the wreck sits today. And I've included the Latin long in the uh, script document if you want to go look at that particular place. Gotcha. Yeah. So... 
this is the timeline of the full event. I have two um, descriptions of the ideal or the ordeal from two survivors. It's really mm-hmm. interesting. So this is from this first one is from Eugene Daly, who is an Irish passenger who made it to the collapsible lifeboat B. Um, saying, my God, if I could only forget those women's cries, I reached a collapsible boat that was fastened to the deck by two rings. I could not be moved. During that brief time, I worked on cutting one of those ropes. The collapsible was crowded with people hanging upon the edges. The Titanic gave a lurch downwards and we were in the water up to our hips. She rose again slightly and I succeeded in cutting the second rope, which held her stern. Another lurch threw this boat and myself off and away from the ship into the water. I fell upon the oars and fell into a mass of people. Everything I touched seemed to be women's hair, children crying, women screaming, and the hair in their face. As I looked over my shoulder, as I was still hanging on to this oar, I could see the enormous funnels of the Titanic being submerged in the water. These poor people that covered the water were sucked down in those funnels, each of which was 25 feet in diameter like flies my god if i could only forget those hands and faces that i touched i managed to get away and succeeded in reaching the same boat i had tried to set free from the deck the titanic i climbed upon this and with the other men balanced ourselves in the water to our hips until we were rescued oh my god people came up beside us and begged to get on this upturned boat as a matter of saving ourselves, we were obliged to push them off. Oh, that's hard. One man was alongside and asked if he could get upon it. We told him that if he did, we would all go down. His reply was, God bless you. Goodbye. Mm, I have been in sad. the hospital for three days, but I don't seem to be able to forget those men, women, and children who gla- gradually slid from our raft into the water. Oh, that's so sad. Like, horrifying. Yeah, that's PTSD back in that day. They just didn't mm-hmm. know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure you would have, uh, like, there's no way you wouldn't have PTSD. So the yeah, second the- one, I uh, read the name, Ellen uh, Hakarainen, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's a Finnish-ass name if I ever heard one. Yeah. And so I did some digging because we all know you're Finnish. Me. Finland yeah. <laughs> is my vibe. Just went there this summer. Uh, yeah. And there were 63 Finnish passengers aboard the Titanic. Oh, wow. And wow. 20 of them survived. Oh, wow. Probably. And they were all like second and, and third class. So they weren't, and none of them were first class. Yeah. And my mom, I texted my mom about it. And she's like, yeah, it's probably because they go into freezing cold water for fun. Like, yeah, they probably do. Yeah, they're probably <laughs> used to it. <laughs> I was like, fair enough. Um, so she was born in Calvola on March 20th, 1888. Um, and she had married Pekka Hakarainen only a few months prior to the journey. Um, yet their plans of moving to America were long standing. So they both joined, um, the Titanic. Um, and I'm reading from one of my sources here. So aboard the Titanic, the couple was awoken by the collision. Pekka got up to find out what was going on, whereas Ellen fell asleep, waking only when some friends came knocking at her door, which I'm like, that is so me. Yeah. 
be like, you go see what's going on. I'm going to roll over and go back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, her husband had not yet returned. Ellen did not have enough time to get warmly dressed, but she took her handbag, a life jacket, and rushed to the corridor. Stairway gates were locked, but she saw a steward guiding passengers to the boat deck. She looked for her husband, but was shown to a lifeboat nearby, number 15. Um, and so this is the account of her okay. directly from her. So we rode away quickly, watching our ship slide beneath the surface of the water. The screams of those in the water were horrible. I remember calling over, Pekka, Pekka, I am here, come this way. It was cold on the lifeboat. I wasn't wearing warm clothes. I didn't know if I was falling asleep or freezing to death, but I drifted into unconsciousness. Soon after, it was daylight and we could see a ship in the distance. We would be rescued and made warm. Once aboard the Carpathia, the passengers and crew did their best to console us. We were given food, clothes, and hot coffee. But with all we were given, I was still lacking. I slowly realized the first last words I might ever hear from my husband were, I'm going to see what has happened. Oh, that's so I, sad. I know. I remember staring at the railing for hours or standing at the railing for hours, looking out to the open sea and hoping upon hope that I would discover just one more lifeboat. Oh, and that's, I feel like a common thing from a lot of the female survivors. Yeah. Because they went without their husbands and yeah, they that's... never saw them again. Yeah. I can't imagine that. Like, How it... yeah, that's horrible. None of them are the same. Or no, have been the same since then. I'm sure. Like, it's awful. Yes, and traumatizing. Uh, like, there's a lot of shipwrecks that are traumatizing. This is not the only one. It's just so interesting how this wreck has captured the imaginations of like the entire world. Yes, and yeah, I don't... the Roman Empire for some people. Hmm. Not me. Mine is Shackleton, as we all know. <laughs> yes, that's yes, that's very true. <laughs> Shit lives in my head rent free. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. So with that, I'm going to end um, this episode. Next episode, we're going to talk about two of the survivors and the I think the maybe the most interesting stories of survival. Okay. Um, and we'll talk conspiracies. We'll talk the door. We'll talk uh, the whole like Olympic Titanic switch, you know? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nice. So. Cool. Yeah. Uh, you want to do your sources real quick since we're ending? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's just so much information. I It's hard to cut it all down to something oh, no, doable I, in two episodes. Yeah, I know. So. I get it. All right. Yeah. So. We have How Did the Titanic Sink from ABC, Timeline of the Titanic's Final Hours um, from Amy Tikainen from Encyclopedia Britannica, TitanicFacts.net gave me a lot of the numbers that I have. Okay. Um, Irishman Eugene Daly's eyewitness account from the sinking of the Titanic from Seenan or Shannon Malloy, I would say, um, of Irish Central. Uh, 10 Titanic survivors describe what the sinking was actually like from Elise Hennigan from Ranker. Uh, Sunken Dreams, the Finns on board the Titanic from Yarrow 
Yarno Lino Lati and Elizabeth Uchanov. Uh, Titanic, the true story behind the movie's controversial shootings. Christy Box of Screen Rant. And that's, those were my sources for this. And the movie. I did watch the movie. Yes. It was. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Side note, though. You want to talk about the movie now? <laughs> there's just one thing I needed to talk about. I need to get it off my chest because it was the funniest yes. part. The funniest I'm part of the waiting. movie. That nobody, like, quotes. Everybody quotes, like, you know, draw me like one of your French Play me girls. like your French girl. Yeah. Everybody quotes that. Right? But after that scene... They flash back to old lady Rose, who's sitting there telling the story to the crew. And she goes, she sits there and she's like, that was one of the most erotic moments of my life. And I lost my shit. I'm like, why are we not quoting that constantly? (laughs) The most erotic moment of my life. (laughs) paint me like one of your french girls that was the most erotic moment of my life (laughs) part of that movie and the crew is just sitting there watching her and like Like, yeah sure her granddaughter's there and they're like yeah it was all right like hundred year old lady is like it was so erotic oh my god (laughs) So, okay, so tell me this, too. Was that necklace, like, actually a thing for the ship? Like, was no. that, like, okay. No. That was just part of the movie. It's part of the movie. I, it's based, I think, off the Hope Diamond. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Which they mention in the movie. They're like, yeah, it's like the Hope Diamond, but it's different. And I was yeah. Like, yeah. It was supposed to be, like, the Hope Diamond, which we've gotcha. all seen at the Smithsonian's this big hawking deep blue diamonds that yeah. has all this history of like being worn by louis uh king louis the 15th or whatever um, yeah all this so like royalty have had it but no it was never on board the titanic okay Got so it. that was I just look up the hope diamond now real quick yeah um yeah my oh yeah totally that's mm-hmm. such a play off the hope time. Uh, absolutely. It looks just like it. Um. Except the other one is a heart. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, yeah. And I get why they had that. It was part of, like, the fictional side of it. I'll just yeah. put this out. Jack and Rose, not real people. If anybody thinks oh. they're real, they're not. They were completely created Made up for, characters. for this story. Which was probably a, a good idea because they were doing some pretty salacious stuff and i don't know that like that would have been a good idea to do based on like real people real people yeah <laughs> no yeah I, so. yeah i get you mm-hmm. well all right you get to know um we all know that my that my most annoying part of that movie is the ending where she throws the diamond overboard like, but... ah! <laughs> whoops whoopsie <laughs> yeah i'm like dude really like you could have made more of like I don't know. It just, it's like either one of those things, like it could have been more dramatic where she like, you know, dangles mm-hmm. it through her fingertips for a little bit. Like she contemplates it and then yeah. she just gently lets it go. No. Nope. And just, you know, instead it's just like, she just kind of like chucks it like, yep. Oh. Yep. like, what? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. Anyway. Do you, do you have conservation corner? I do. Yeah. So uh, I was going to talk about the Greenland shark. Ooh, love it. Okay. Go, yeah. Go, 
So I was going to do that. I have a couple tabs pulled up. So I got Wikipedia here. Um, I got actually a story from moat.org. Okay. Uh, and then I have, uh, where is it? Floridamuseum.ufl.edu. So okay. that's where I'm going to get all like the background from. The yeah. Greenland shark. So Greenland sharks are um, a type of docile shark species, I would call them. Uh, mm-hmm. They are not a threat to humans, and I would consider probably all sharks not a threat to humans, you know, but that's just me. Um, they won't, like, know. actively hunt you. Yeah, like, they yeah. won't confuse you for food either, so, because right, right. they can't, they can't see, so. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, the Greenland shark is a heavy set shark that grows to an average of 8 to 14 feet long, but can get to be about 24 feet long. Uh, it has a short, why is my thing's not scrolling? There it is. Um, it has a short, rounded snout, small eyes, and relatively small dorsal fins. Although it's an apex predator, it's a slow swimmer and likely ambushes its prey and scavenges for carrion. The Greenland shark's flesh is poisonous when fresh, but can be eaten once it's been dried. Because of the cold water habitat where it lives, uh, humans normally wouldn't swim there, so it's considered no harm to people well if you Um, swim there you die as we've found out so yes yes (laughs) humans are not swimming there um so its skin actually is fed to sled dogs in the northern regions when it is dried and safe to eat and some humans actually do consume uh greenland shark meat as well yeah Um, and it's pretty nasty looking Dried. Is it? I didn't it's, look at it. Oh, yeah. I've seen it on like one of those cooking shows, like uh, I don't Iron remember. Chef or something. No, it's like one of the travel ones. Like I think it might have been one oh. of Anthony Bourdain's. Yeah. And gotcha. Like, okay. Look very. Good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there is a a little um tab here that says danger to humans, and apparently, according to the International Shark Attack file. There has only been one reported attack of the Greenland shark on a human, and that was Mm. around 1859. Oh. So it's been some time. Yeah. Um, And it was in Pond Inlet in Canada. It was reported that a Greenland shark was caught containing a human leg in its stomach. However, this story was merely a report and was never scientifically investigated or proven. The lack of record attacks, or I'm sorry, the lack of recorded attacks may be due to the shark's habitat, which is too cold to be populated by common swimmers, therefore significantly reducing the chance of an attack on a human. Well, also, like, maybe an Arctic explorer died and the shark just scavenged him. Like, exactly. That yeah. seems more feasible to me. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's uh, speculated that the Greenland shark population is low. It is in a vulnerable conservation state, according to the, um, or I guess it's near threatened. This this article says near threatened, but I also saw vulnerable somewhere else um, on the IUCN red list. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, their population's low with an estimated doubling time of more than 14 years. Mm-hmm. Um, nevertheless, the shark's, the shark supports fisheries in Norwegian, Iceland, and Greenland waters, where it is captured for its liver oil. Ooh, yummy. Yeah, that's squalene oil. <laughs> um, uh, its geographical distribution is in the northern Atlantic and Arctic regions, but it has been reported as far east as France and Portugal, 
as far west as the Gulf of St. Lawrence and Lawrence, and as far south as Cape Cod and North Carolina. Mm. Um, but fun fact, and that's where the moat.org uh, article comes into play. Mm-hmm. Last year, there was a Greenland shark found in the Caribbean. Wow. Yeah. That's did you wild. see? Did you no, see? No, I didn't. No. Okay. So this July 26, 2022 is when this uh, story was published on the Moat website. Um, and so I'm just going to read the whole thing because it's not all that long. Um, so a half blind shark that is typically thought to live in freezing Arctic waters, scavenge on polar bear carcasses, and survive for hundreds of years recently turned up in perhaps an unexpected place, a coral reef off Belize. What? This marks the first time a shark of its kind has been found in Western Caribbean waters off the world's second second longest barrier reef. Devanchi Kasana, a PhD candidate in the Florida International University Predator Ecology and Conservation Lab, was working with local Belizean fishermen to tag tiger sharks when the discovery was made. It had been a long night of fishing. By dawn, the weather had deteriorated. Storms were gathering on the horizon. The team did a last check of their lines. On the other end of one was a tiger shark, but a rather sluggish creature. Oh, on the other end of one wasn't a tiger shark, but a rather sluggish creature. It looked like an old, ancient even, and more like an elongated, smooth stone that had sprung to life. It had a blunt snout and a small, palish, blue, bluish-colored eyes. Altogether, these clues led scientists to think it was a member of the sleeper shark family. Mm-hmm. At first, I at first I was sure it was something else, like a six-skull shark that are well known from deep waters off coral reefs. Kasana said, "I knew it was something unusual, and so did the fishers who hadn't ever seen anything quite like it in their all of their combined years of fishing." Kasana texted Damian Chapman, her PhD advisor and director of sharks and rays conservation research at Moat Marine Laboratory and Aquarium, to share the news. She also sent along a photo of the shark. Chapman's response caught her off guard. He said it wasn't a six gill, but it looked a lot like a Greenland shark. After conferring with several Greenland shark experts, the final determination was it was definitely in the sleeper shark family, and because of its large size, most likely a green, most likely a Greenland shark or a hybrid between the Greenland shark and a Pacific sleeper shark. Greenland sharks remain somewhat of an enigma to science. What is known about them is they tend to be seen in the frigid waters frigid waters of the arctic and north atlantic oceans the slow moving species is also slow growing yet a life in the slow lane may benefit them because they have been estimated to live upwards of 400 years which is crazy isn't that insane yeah earning them the special designation of the longest living vertebrate known known to science yeah because little is known about them that means nothing can definitely definitely be ruled out about the species so finding them in the caribbean waters can't roll that out right uh greenland sharks could possibly be trolling the depths of the ocean all across the world in fact experts speculate that they could be found all over the world living in tropics at greater depths where they can find their preferred low temperatures yeah well because most like we were talking about like the whole below freezing aspect of salt water most mm-hmm. of the deep sea is that cold yeah yeah it is very very cold yeah, yeah. so that was a, a fun find last year off the coast of Belize. That's wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was some uh, guy at Vim's was the one who figured out that they were the one who found that 400-year-old shark yes. that they aged off of their eye, like yes. something in their eye. It was crazy. 
Was which, it the um the parasite? Could they take a the did they take the parasite off their eyes? I don't know. Did we yeah, did you talk about the eye parasites? I haven't. I'm gonna I'm gonna scroll down <laughs> uh to that real quick. All right. Parasites. A common parasite of the Greenland shark is uh, a copepod that attaches itself to the eyes of the shark, causing corneal lesions, which lead to an impaired vision and even partial blindness. However, this does not significantly affect the shark since it does not rely on keen vision. On the most Greenland shark shark specimens, usually only one eye is affected by a single female copepod. Some believe that the copepod is bioluminescent, attracting prey for the shark. However, there's no scientific evidence that supports this theory. So, I don't know what age they get that uh, parasite on their eye. Yeah, but I can't I, imagine the copepods live all that long. Yeah, I do remember reading somewhere. I could try to find it again, but it's I, I found it. I found it. I found it. I found it. I found okay. It. Okay. So, it's Rich Brill is the professor at VIMS. I don't know if he's still there or if he retired, um, but he's a fish fish physiologist who works for VIMS and the National Marine Fisheries Service. VIMS is Virginia Institute of Marine Science, where uh, Haley and I used to work. Yeah. So they use, there's these crystalline proteins in your eye lenses, and they are the ones that you are born with. And it is hmm. the only tissue in your body that doesn't turn over. So the history of an animal is recorded there. And oh. I guess you can age them in the same way you age. Like, Otolis. Oh, that's yeah. neat. So, so that's just, how like, they did it. Cut a piece and then just take a, a segment of it and sand it down and read the rings. Yeah. Huh. I think it's similar to that. I, I'm not going to say that I know how it was done, yeah. but that is, I knew it was that's something really to cool. do with eye. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. So that was that, that 400 year old shark, which is crazy. Cause it's like, when you sit there and think about it, it's like that shark basically is as old as the United States. Yes. How <laughs> weird is that? <laughs> that just... shark has seen some things. Yeah. <laughs> So I was curious just because this is what I do because I'm annoying. Yeah. Um, so I think Greenland sharks are some of the few vertebrates that can visit the wreck of the Titanic. Oh, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Um, so they're known to dive as deep as uh, 2,200 meters. And the wreck of the Titanic is a bit deeper than that. It's 3,800 meters but they just said the sharks are known to dive that deep. They don't actually know how deep they could dive. Yeah. So potentially, they could dive deeper. <sighs> potentially, Greenland sharks could have visited the wreck of the Titanic. Yeah. If that 400-year-old shark happened to do so, maybe scavenge on some people. Yes. So, and that bitch is still alive and is it- thriving. <laughs> so- yes. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> And, like, speaking of their diet, it says here on the floridamuseum.ufl.edu website that uh, the most common food consists of a large variety of ocean dwellers, such as other small sharks, skates, eels, herring, capelin, mm-hmm. char, various ga- gadoids? Never heard that. Redfish, sculpins, lumpfish, wolffish, and flounders. Marine mammals, such as seals and porpoises, are often taken by Greenland sharks, despite it being characterized as a very sluggish creature. Uh, a few specimens have even been found to contain an entire reindeer or parts of a horse. 
uh, you know, ones that fall in the water. Casual. Uh, the, yeah, the shark is also known to feed off uh, carrion and is attracted to ill-smelling meat. They often congregate in large numbers around fishing operations. Um, and then reproduction-wise, they are ovoviviparous, which is a hard word for me to I oh, always... Oviparous. O-V-O-V-I-V-I-P-A-R-O-U-S. Ovoviparous. I've never been able to say that. <laughs> Even in college, I was like, I... I can't. Um, <laughs> and so the female carries a large number of soft-shelled eggs, eventually giving birth to full-term embryos. Mm-hmm. Um, some eggs have been reported to be as large as goose eggs. Um, and So they give, like, quote-unquote live birth. They're, like, live birth sharks, basically. Yeah. It's and... like they have them in the egg growing in their, mm-hmm. in their insides, but then they birth them live. Yeah. It's not quite placental birth, but it's kind of similar yeah yeah because like there's what is it there's the three different styles of birth it's viviparous oviparous and then ovoviviparous which combines the two (laughs) 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 i can't i told you i could never i could never um and they're kind of ugly they're pretty ugly sons of bitches but they have such derpy little faces i i love them I, I do. I actually have a Greenland shark drawing up on my art website. Oh, <laughs> People nice. have bought it. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. So, <laughs> I don't know. I think they're so neat. They're so weird. Yeah. I mean, they, I've always been fascinated by them just because they're like, I don't know. They're like slow little blind blobs floating around out there. They ain't little. They're huge. <laughs> I know yeah. they're they're huge, but um, you know, you know how I say yes, little. Yes, yes, yes. I'm just like, oh, like it's cute, it's a cute thing. Um, and then they live to be like 400 years old. So I'm like, jeez, <laughs> the things they've seen. It's yeah, mostly mostly darkness. Actually, Mo- probably not much. All they darkness. They can't really see. So. Yeah. Oh, and that was the other thing I was gonna say. Was I'm pretty sure I read somewhere or I saw somewhere where like they get those pair they obviously are birthed without the parasites on their eyes mm-hmm. so like they're the first few years they can see things but then it's like shortly after the it's like very early yeah yeah which that's pretty that's kind of sad but I, I, they seem to be doing good you know they seem to be doing yeah. their best yeah they're thriving they are um uh, but that's all i got for the conservation corner for greenland sharks all right, we got like seven minutes left. So, oh. do we want to quickly do happy things? Sure. Um, happy things, and also I looked up how many, uh, which we call it, cruises have sunk in the last hundred years. So, okay, if you want, if you want sure. That, in fact, I let's can do, that do it. Let's do it. So, uh, where's the top of this article? Um, in the last one hundred years, only twenty-two cruise ships have sunk. And some of those sinkings were either while be- birthed or while being towed. Okay. And then in total of those, almost 2,000 people have died. The and Titanic it- probably make a, a big chunk of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And because it, it says in these incidents, but over half of these can be attributed to ship sinking before 1940. Yep. Many yeah. of the in- recent incidents didn't have any loss of life at all. So Yeah. But they they happen. You go look at pictures because there's a ton. There's like one where the cruise ship is like on its side because it yeah. ran aground, and it's a modern cruise ship. It's, yeah. it's not like it's that long ago. 
That's yeah. crazy. All uh, right. But yeah, we can do happy things. Let's do happy things now. Yeah. Um, my happy thing is that we're finally getting our master bedroom put back together. Hooray. So for anybody listening and keeping track, we have had <laughs> new drywall in that bedroom for months now, and only mm-hmm. half of it has really been mudded. So yesterday we mudded the rest of the room. Uh, and then today, I guess we're going to sand a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to do a, a little uh, yoga under the stars this evening with some friends. Oh, uh, that's nice. Yeah. So I got, uh, it's like 12 o'clock right now. So I got like about four, four and a half ish hours before I got to do go do that. So, mm-hmm. um, we're probably going to go, uh, sand a little bit in the bedroom and then put another layer of mud on. And then maybe tomorrow we'll do one more sanding and then kind of put everything back together after that. But I'm like, I was telling Alex how I'm like super annoyed just how the way that we've been like sleeping in this house, mm-hmm. because like, we're sleeping in our spare bedroom mm-hmm. and like I always thought that we were sleeping in the spare bedroom because like our master bedroom had been like quote-unquote under construction and yesterday he's like no even sleeping in the spare bedroom because it has a comfier bed I'm like are you fucking kidding me like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was like I hate going from room to room just to get ready in the morning it's like I wake up in one room and I have to walk to another room and get all my shit out and then like make that room a mess and then so, like so why don't you just move that bed into your room well it's first of all it's the bed that my parents bought for themselves when they visit mm. so I can't really take my parents bed <laughs> um and it's also freaking really heavy like the it's a sleep number bed and mm-hmm. the 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 company literally comes to your house to set up the bed for you yeah so I'm not I'm not doing that it's not like That's I can fair. just move a mattress to the next room no and yeah. also this is a king size bed and the bed in the master is a queen size so oh. it, you know, we could fit a king in there, but all the other stuff, it doesn't fit. And, like, my parents are not going to want to sleep on a queen-size bed. Trust me. So <laughs> I tried to sell them on it before they moved in because we ha- did have two queen mattresses. And, um, well, not They were like, in, no, but, no, 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 yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, well, what about a king? And I'm like, mom, you could do a king, but it just, it's, I don't know. It's going to fit weird in here. It's t- like, they're they're not very big rooms, you know? Yeah, like yeah. They're, I think they're both 12 by 12, like, and a, a, a king size bed is 80 by 80 inches. So, yeah, ours, our, master, of the room. our master is huge. So we were able to fit a king in there and there's still lots of room for activities. So, yeah, I'm like, who knows what the next house? I don't want to yeah. get rid of my king. I love it. I know. Yeah. Like, I mean, we got a desk in here and uh, like, I probably have each tile is 18 inches i probably got like 22 inches 24 inches of walking space between the foot of the mm-hmm. bed and the desk so yeah <laughs> it's, yep. it's a tight squeeze in here mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah. yeah so i'm just excited that we're getting our master bedroom done again so i can actually like have a clean space because it's like yeah. when you're splitting splitting space between two bedrooms it's like I, w- I told Alex, I was like, we're, we, we pretty much have like two bedrooms as storage rooms right now because the spare room is typically like where we kind of keep some extra stuff, but we're sleeping in here. Mm-hmm. We got the extra stuff and we're sleeping in here and like some of our clothes and like other things are just in here now. And then the other bedroom that's supposed to be our master bedroom, like 
more things have just kind of accumulated in there because we're not using it. So yeah. it's like any room you go in, it's a freaking mess and it's super annoying. And it's like yeah. the house isn't very big to have all this mess in here. Right, so, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like I want to be able to like relax and like have a sanctuary I, and, and it be clean. Yeah. You know, I completely so. understand that. I'm the same way. I'm yeah. Same so way. I'm just excited that that's getting done. Because it's been okay. like five five months. So yeah, gotcha. Yeah. Um, I guess my happy thing is that I'm going home in like to Virginia in like three-ish days. Oh, that is exciting. For an extended Thanksgiving stay. We're doing Thanksgiving instead of Christmas this year. Um, just nice. because Christmas is always chaotic and we're like, why don't oh, we yeah. just do Thanksgiving? Why don't we do Thanksgiving? Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna go do that which will be nice and then um we actually have some friends coming to stay with us today um they're up in alaska now oh she was um Corey's intern (laughs) and we just like um us and like our other couple friends like basically fell in love with her and she's we call her our science daughter and she's from like the houston area originally but yeah. she's like working up in Alaska now. And so her and her her boyfriend are coming. And so we get to meet him for the first time. So we feel oh, like parents. Nice. Um, That's but nice. yeah, I got to go. Uh, I got like an hour before they get here. And so I got to go like uh, speed clean the house. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Good luck we were at the Ren Fair yesterday. So yeah. I was like, I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I guess that's my happy thing. But nice. Yeah. All right. So should you wrap this bad boy up? let's wrap it up all right so if anybody wants to follow us on the social medias you can follow us at mother nature will kill you podcast on instagram mother nature will kill you on facebook and m n w k y podcast on tiktok we're also online at mother nature will kill you podcast.com and you can stream us on any streaming platform like spotify apple or google podcasts and um if but uh, you've survived a major ship sinking experience, or if you had relatives that survived the Titanic sinking, we want to hear about it. Um, but if not, if you just had some unco- uncomfortable experiences out in nature or on the water, like maybe you flipped your kayak one time and were too far away from land and yeah and couldn't get back in something like that or you know you ran into a bear on a trail and it was unnerving uh we want to hear about that too you can submit all your stories to um either we have a page on the um, website that you can submit stories to or you can send it to our email now if uh you'd like to support the podcast but you don't have any money because we live in a post-capitalist hellscape hashtag the millennial gen z experience mm-hmm. <laughs> i hate it here yeah mm-hmm. uh you can submit a five-star review to any of the listening platforms um yeah and other than that uh next time we're gonna continue our <laughs> dive into the titanic but if you want to um listen to our our take on ocean gate it's in a previous episode (laughs) um i believe it's the same one that we cover mount saint helens but i could be wrong it is um episode 61 aptly named out of my tax bracket 
So if you yes. like to hear our take on um, Ocean Gate, uh, it is that episode, and we also talk about the Mount St. Helens eruption. Oh, yes. Okay, well, with that, we'll see you next week. Yeah, uh, until next time, friends, uh, stay safe, but most of all, stay curious, explorers. Bye. See you later.